Dr. Alan Leica here, and I'd like to welcome you to How to Live a Fantastic Life Show, where we will be discussing the important aspects of your life. We hope to inspire you to live the best life you can. Get out of your comfort zone and explore the awesome world around you. Break through your barriers. Take inspired action. Use the difficulties in your life to achieve the best version of you. Roy Biancalana is a number one best-selling author, a certified relationship coach, and a spiritual teacher. His mission is working with individuals who desire to attract a, long, a lasting, conscious relationship, as well as coaching clients. His website offers a number of resources that you should check into. Hi, Roy. How are you today? It's great to be here with you, Alan. Thanks hey. for having me. Well, thanks for coming back. Uh, and, and thank you for coming to our syndicated podcast, which is also now available to be viewed around the world on Wonderful. live streaming apps. So our, our number of people that are watching the show has grown immensely. Terrific. Hello to all of you, wherever you are. <laughs> Roy, how did you get into the coaching business of, of relationships? Right, right. Yeah, it's not something that I set out to do. It was never a dream. It was never a goal. It's sort of, it sort of called me, you could say. And that's because of the pain and the nightmares that I went through in my own love life. Okay, so real quickly, I was married for 19 years, and that relationship really turned out to be kind of a co-parenting, platonic, brotherly, sisterly kind of relationship, right? We didn't have much man-woman connection, and that didn't really work for either one of us. So went through a divorce, and of course, I immediately rebounded. It's, it's so typical. It's hilarious. Into the, the opposite relationship, right? Very often rebound is literally what is a rebound the ball hits the wall and rebounds the other direction so i was going one way in my love life i went the dead opposite into a very sexual i could even say primarily a sexual relationship okay so i rebounded into that was with her for two and a half years we were engaged okay six months before the wedding she broke up with me and that was the proverbial straw that broke the camel's back that crushed me. And I went through what I consider to be like a year long midlife crisis. Now, looking back, it was the best thing that ever happened to me. But during it, it was a nightmare. I mean, I, I couldn't sleep. I had heart palpitations, obsessive thinking. Um, my role as a father took a big hit. My professional life took a big hit. I was just a mess. Okay. Now at that point, Again, I did something now that I tell my clients, don't do what I did. <laughs> I sometimes joke, if you want to have a great love life, just do the opposite of everything I did back in the day, because I did my first rebound, which wasn't the way to go, right? You really probably should take some time to look at your divorce and grow from it and, and maybe learn some lessons before you jump in with someone else. I didn't do that. After my fiance broke up with me, I should have taken some time there, but I just joined a bunch of online sites 
to try to find a woman to help me forget the last one. Right. So I was the quintessential person who, who thought that they were emotionally available for something new, but I, looking back, I was sort of using these new women I was meeting to help me forget about my ex fiance. And so you can imagine the amount of drama that I created. Um, it's just, I write about it in my first book. It's it, just hilarious. Now at the time though, horrible for the women and, and for myself. So, so now I'm, I'm really an emotional mess. My love life is a mess. And then someone suggested that, that I maybe get some help <laughs> so, because really Alan up until this point, and this is the funniest part, but this is actually one of the biggest points that I could make here as a relationship coach and expert is up until that point, I really did think that all of my love life problems were because I just had not found the right woman. I was actually pointing the finger. Oh, my ex-wife, Oh, my ex-fiance, all oh, these crazy women online. It never occurred to me that I was the common denominator in all of the pictures. It, it was everybody else's fault. I, it never, I never really thought that maybe I'm doing something. Maybe I'm missing something about myself. Maybe my childhood conditioning is creating some of these dynamics. Maybe I have a personality blind spot. Maybe I've got a relationship persona, some limiting beliefs. Maybe I'm doing something to create the drama and the lack of connection that I had been experiencing. So I don't know how I came to the point where I, it occurred to me, maybe it was me and not just them, but when it did, that's when I hired a coach because I, I went to my coach. I'm like, what am I missing? Okay. I, I have to be a part of this somehow. I, I, I'm causing this on some level. I'm inviting this on some level. And so I hired a coach. And I spent about two years with her, which is an, an enormous amount of time in, in coaching. Okay. But I was pretty messed up. And so the work that we did, the questions that she asked me, the places she invited me to look and the things I discovered so transformed my love life. Because after that, I was very, very quickly, I was able to meet fall in love with and get married to an amazing woman. We've been together now for almost 13 years. That, that work changed my life so much that when I came out of it, I was like, this is what I'm called to do because I'm not alone in this. I think there's lots of people that have had disappointing relationships one after another. And they're at that point where they're like, what, what is going on here? What am I missing? Why can't, why can't I make my love life work? And so I'm a coach now, Alan, because I want to do for other people what my coach did for me. Okay, because, so let, let, let's yeah. jump on this yeah. a little bit, D dig a bit deeper. So in yourself, can you bear your soul a little bit and, and share what was wrong with yourself? Can you, right. can you uncover that a little bit for our listeners? Because I'm sure some of our listeners have the same problem. Yes, yes. There's a number of directions I could go. The one I think is the most poignant and the most fun is that I discovered I had something called a relationship persona. Okay. So when I stepped back and I looked at my relationships and the dynamics and I discovered there was kind of a pattern. Okay. And I mean, most people, 
that have been through some relationships, they can point to some sort of pattern. Like, why do I keep attracting the same kind of person or we get into the same dynamic? Like all my relationships fall apart after about three or four months. Or why do I keep attracting people who are emotionally unavailable? Or why do I attract the narcissists, right? Most people can point to some kind of pattern. And I certainly could. And my pattern was I kept attracting women who were very successful professionally. They had high powered, very busy careers. And they were single mothers sort of overwhelmed by trying to do it all right. They, they really couldn't manage their households and their, their 60 to 80 hour a week careers and raise their kids. And they were just overwhelmed um, with all of it. And so I came up with a name for what I was attracting, which was I keep attracting damsels in distress. Okay. So I was complaining to my coach, why do I keep attracting these women who, you know, they're kicking ass in their professional worlds and they're, but they're overwhelmed and, and they can't handle everything else. And, and then I end up sort of rescuing them. And so my pattern was very early in a relationship. I would like in the one with my ex fiance, I ended up basically raising her kids within two weeks. I had moved in basically because I was there all the time, raising her kids, cleaning her house, doing her laundry, uh, doing her kids laundry, making them their meals, getting them ready for school, taking them to soccer practice and tutoring and washing the car and cutting the grass. I'm, I ran her home life. And so I was in these dynamics where I seemed to be Roy, the rescuer, and I had been attracting damsels in distress. So I started to work on this. And what I what I learned was in my childhood, the way that I got close to my mother was when I made my life be about taking care of hers, right? She was a, she took care of our physical needs in the family, but to get close to my mother, to feel emotional affection or attention. Um, if mama wasn't happy, nobody was happy. So I learned as a little boy, you know, four five, six years old, to sort of not show up with what I want or what I needed or my agenda or my own self. But I got close to my mom when I sort of dismissed what I wanted and said, mommy, how can I make you happy? What, what do you need from me? You know, I, I need to be good boy, Roy. Right. So I was learning at this age, pre-consciousness. I wasn't aware of this, but I learned the way you get close to a, a woman is by making your life be about taking care of hers. That was my relationship persona. It wasn't my authentic self. This was built on fear. I was afraid that because when I did not do this with my mother, I felt distance or I got in trouble or I, I felt rejection. So I just I, I remember even my dad, Alan, telling me, Roy, don't go against her. Don't don't. I know you want to do this and you want to do that. Don't just do it her way. Make her happy to be easier for everybody. Right. So I developed this. So in all these relationships, you were reliving the relationship you had with your mother. Oh, totally. Right. And that's happening for almost all of us. I find in relationship dynamics, 
that your relationship with both of your parents is important, but your opposite sex parent is a huge dynamic in how you relate. Because in a sense, my mother was my first girlfriend, as weird as that sounds. I mean, she's my first exposure to the feminine. And how do you get close to the feminine? How do you get love, attention, affection, right? And so I learned if I'm Roy the rescuer, I get response. So now I'm 45 years old and I'm attracting damsels in distress. Of course I am because I have kind of a psychological shape. You could say that I believe the way I get a a woman to want me and like me and attention and affection is by making my life be about taking care of hers. So when I'm moving through the world with that sort of belief structure, that sort of persona, the only women that would respond to me would be women who were damsels in distress and they needed to be rescued. You follow me? So the people who are listening here, if you've got a pattern in your life, the important thing is not to, how do I, how do I not attract the unavailable person? How do I get out of attracting narcissists? No, you, you have to look at the way you're showing up is attracting that, that energy. So I describe it this way. We all made puzzles when we were kids, right? And every puzzle piece had to find its exact match, right? One puzzle piece doesn't go with just any piece. It's got to find its reciprocal match and they go together. So when I'm shaped as Roy, the rescuer, I don't fit with just any woman. I've got to find my reciprocal match. And when I meet the damsel, oh, we have chemistry. Oh, we complete each other. You follow me? But when I met a woman who had her shit together, right, that that wanted support and love, but she didn't need to be rescued. Oh, we didn't click. Right. Because my shtick wasn't needed by her. <laughs> you follow me? So the only way that I could get out of attracting damsels in distress, because I could walk into a room of a hundred women, I'd find the one woman in there that was just overwhelmed and I just can't handle it. And Roy, could you come rescue me? And if you do, I'll have sex with you night and day, which is what the dynamic was, right? So we were codependent. I was rescuing her. She was rescuing me, right? So the only way out of that dynamic is not to try to find a woman who's not a damsel or to try to find a man who's not a narcissist. It's to change your shape. If I let go of being Roy the rescuer and I find my authentic self, then I am going to attract a partner who is coming from their authentic self. Okay, let's so let's that's stop the there. work. Let's stop there. How do you find your authentic self, Roy? How do yeah. you actually do that? Because well, that's the work that's necessary. Right. The short answer is hire me. <laughs> because I've done it not. And, and that's it is self-serving, obviously. Um, but you really do need to find someone who has done this kind of work for themselves. This is not something you learn in a book. You don't learn this in a university classroom. Uh, you know, th- this is something that's dug out of the dirt. But the way you do it. And, and here's what's funny. When my when my coach helped me see that I was operating from fear, meaning I was afraid that if I wasn't the world's greatest boyfriend, Mr. Mom and all of that, that I couldn't get the time of day from a woman. So I wasn't doing like I there's nothing wrong with 
with being Mr. Mom, if that's the way you want to express genuine love, that's fantastic. But it wasn't that way for me. I was doing it because I was scared. If I didn't do that stuff, I would never get attention and affection. I, I would never get laid if I wasn't that kind of boyfriend. So it came from fear, which means it's inauthentic. So when my coach pointed this out and I saw this, I actually asked her, I don't even know who I would be if I wasn't Roy the Rescuer. And her answer, I'll never forget. She said, welcome to the path. Like, that's the starting point. When you don't know who you would be without this fear-driven way of being, this strategy that you learned as a little person on how I get love or feel safe or get attention. So it started there by me saying, I don't even, I don't even know who I am. And then the work of discovering who would I be if I was not afraid of rejection? Who, how would I show up? What would I say? What would I do if I didn't need you to love me? So I had to do a lot of work on my own insecurities, my own sense of self. The more I loved me, the more I felt that I was, you know, complete unto myself without a woman's attention and affection. Then it's like, I didn't need you to love me. And if I don't need you to love me, I don't need to play any game to get you to love me. I can just show up as myself with who I am. And if we click, we click. If we don't, that's okay. So, all of that that I just said in the last two minutes is really what I do as a client is, and those are complicated issues, learning to love yourself, learning to source who you are from within, learning to get out of that. I need a partner to sort of make me whole, to fill a void, to fix a problem, to finish a story, right? We all get in relationships. I hate to say it, but, we get in relationships for for reasons we don't know we're, that are operating. Like I often ask my clients, what's the real reason you want a relationship? Like the real reason, right? Because underneath, the real reasons might be because it fills a void of loneliness or it finishes a story of I'm the one who's abandoned or it it helps me find an identity. If you want me, then I feel special or alive, right? So we have these deeper emotional needs that we're looking for a partner's love to sort of heal. And when you're doing that, you're in trouble because no one on the outside of you can heal something on the inside of you. But we, we, we try to have that happen. So you need to do the work of healing on the inside. Then you can really relate from an authenticity. I, I get you. I get you. And it all starts with self-love, doesn't it, Roy? All love, whether it's love of any yeah. human being, has to start with self-love. It, I might say there's a step before that, which is self-awareness. Right? Because when, you, when I became self-aware that I was Roy the Rescuer, that I was playing out dynamics with my mother, that I was really insecure as a man, that I didn't feel that a woman would want me unless I provided this ridiculous value to her (laughs) until I saw that that gave me something to love. Oh, could I love Roy the rescuer? Could I love the whole thing? Could I embrace 
my insecurities? Could I embrace that little boy that just was doing the only thing he knew how to do to be close to his mom? Like, right. So I have to be aware before I can begin to embrace and welcome and love. Right. So self-awareness brings self-love, self-love brings a kind of healing to where now I can relate with you authentically and not be playing a game because I need you to love me. You know, I need you to love me in a way that will fix me. When, when I'm fixed and healed here, then I can just show up authentically because I really don't, I don't, I don't need your love. I mean, I'd like to connect with you, um, but there's not a, there's not a loneliness that's driving this. There's not an emptiness that's driving this. Does, does that make sense? Oh, that makes huge amount of sense. And right, it really right. makes a lot of sense for our listeners. Yeah. Now, Roy, there's two aspects that I'd like to cover here. And, and one is going to be a personal one to you. And this show is called How to Have a Fantastic Life. Roy, how have you learned to have a fantastic life? At the most basic level, and this is applied to every area of, of my life. And of course, I'm still in process of creating a fantastic life. But it is really seeing yourself in this way. You, you can see yourself as life happens to you or life happens by you. Right? You can be in a victim consciousness that, oh, I was raised this way, or, oh, these are the conditions and the circumstances, and this is what's happening to me, and I'm sort of stuck, and woe is me, and my love life. and so Or you can look at your results, you can look at your life and your experiences, whether it be your, your physical health, your financial health, your relationship status, and the dynamics there. You could look at that from a place of, you know, it's happening by me or because of me. In other words, the shift from being a victim to seeing yourself as the creator, that, that perhaps there are things that are going on unconsciously behind your aware, what you're aware of that are creating your physical issues, your financial issues, your relationship dynamics. So to me, the first step in creating a fantastic life is recognizing that you can create the life that you want because you are creating the life that you have. It's not happening to you. You did not. You might have been dealt a set of cards, but you've been playing them or playing with them in a certain way that has left you with whatever condition you're in. So when you take this kind of radical responsibility and ownership and say, I've I've made it this way. It's almost like imagine imagine like life is a movie, right? So you can be in somebody else's movie. I just play a bit part in this movie. I'm not the director. I didn't write the script. I didn't choose the cast. I'm just in somebody else's movie. So this is the, the role that I, that I'm been given, or you can see that life is a movie, but you're the director. You wrote the script. You're choosing the cast and everything that's happening is being done by you. So when you see life that way, it's unbelievably empowering. Because you recognize, well, if I've created this mess, well, then I can create a, a fantastic life. 
right? So it's the shift from victim to creator, to me, is the, the, the foundation of whatever might happen after that. And I still struggle with playing victim and being creator, right? There's, it, the ego wants to blame and point the fingers. Oh, you know, my parents did this and I was raised this way and men are this way. The online dating world is that way and all the finger pointing that we can do. But to look in the mirror and say, all right, if my love life isn't the way I want it to be, it's because I'm doing something, although I don't know what it might be. And that was the truth in my life. But once I started asking and looking for what I was doing to create the nightmares that I was experiencing, it's like the universe started giving downloads. The coach came into my life. Answers started popping up. Self-awarenesses, aha moments. It's like, oh, well, you're doing that and that and that. Well, if you stop doing that and that and that, you're going to have a different love life. And sure enough, I have. Okay, so now let's flip to the other side there. Mm -hmm. We have a lot of listeners in pain right now. Mm -hmm. A lot of listeners in that relationship cycle. That's not right. Do they do the same as you've done? Get some awareness, get some self-love, get some help. Is that the best way? Right. I mean, do what I did. Hit the wall. Stop blaming Notice that or just own that you are responsible for what's happening in your love life and take the power of that and find someone to walk alongside of you to help you learn and see what you've been missing. I mean, I, I, I don't know anyone that can do this deeper kind of work on their own. I think you need another set of eyes. Um, Everybody in the world that's successful at something has a coach. I don't care if you're LeBron James. He's got nutritious dietitians, fitness experts. He's got a whole entourage of people around him. Okay. He's talented, but right. Golfers, same way. They have all people around them, people in business, CEOs. They have people around them. So if you want to be successful in your love life, you need to have people around you to help you see the things that you can't see. Right. So the step is to work with someone who's taken this path, who's gone down the trail, you could say, and they and they know how to take you from here to there. Because I tell my clients, like the fact that I have a great relationship now with such a terrible history, I didn't get lucky. It's not like like God smiled on me or something. I I was asked a certain set of questions. And I was invited to look in certain places of my life. And they produced a predictable outcome of self-awareness and self-love and relationship transformation. And it's transferable. I can ask you the same questions. I can invite you to look in the same places and you can get the same results I got because it, it's just not special to me. It's just what happens when we really commit to waking up. That's what it really is commit to being mindful, to being conscious, to, to waken up to what's really going on around us and what's coming through us. And when you do that, well, Roy, you're in business. Roy, you've hit the nail on the head several times today. 
Thank you. So we're almost at our end already. So how can people get in touch with you and how can they get a copy of one or more of your books? Yeah, my books are all around my head. My newest book is this one here, Relationship Bootcamp, Um, coachingwithroy.com. You'll find links to Amazon for all my books and everything else. My cell phone number is right on the homepage of the website. Okay. And really it's a direct line to my cell phone. Just, you know, so I offer free consultations. I would never expect someone to hire me as a coach and to spend a number of months together without first getting to know me a little bit. And then what's it about and so forth. Okay. Um, but on my website, coachingwithroy.com, there's something really cool. Like take just a second is a lot of my work. I kind of describe it as getting us in relationship shape, right? It's like, we get in shape to run a marathon or something, right? And 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 there's a kind of relationship conditioning. You, you want to be relationally healthy. You want to be a racial, uh, relationally fit, okay? So if you go to a gym and you hire a personal trainer, the first thing they do is assess your current fitness level. Once they know your current fitness level, they can put a program together to get you in shape. Follow me? Well, that's what I do as a coach. I know you want this beautiful relationship of mutual creativity and support and passionate sex and all that. I know that's the goal. Where are you starting from? What's your current relationship fitness level? So on my website, I have something called the relationship fitness self-assessment test. Okay. It's a 30 question, true, false test. Take you about three minutes to take it. Absolutely confidential. You get your results immediately and only you get them. Even I don't see them. I just get notified that someone took the test. Okay. But you can discover your current relationship fitness level. Like how prepared are you for something real? Right. How, how good of a communicator are you? How good are you at handling your emotions? How much of your past have you let go? Right. So the test kind of evaluates how relationally in shape you are and chances are you're going to get feedback that you could use to grow some okay right right you've done great you're growing there right we're at our end already so thank you thank you for having me and and thank you for spending this time with us and helping our listeners get into a better understanding of what's wrong with their relationships we thank you amaze again you're welcome thank you now listeners Hope to talk to you soon. Dr. Alan Leica here. Bye for now. You've been listening to How to Live a Fantastic Life. Be sure and pick up a copy of Dr. Leica's book, The Secrets to Living a Fantastic Life, on Amazon.com. And you'll want to subscribe right here on this page so you don't miss a single episode. Have a fantastic day. Fantastic.